The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. During this period, we'll explore opening to metta for all beings. And uh, it's useful, I think, to start where we ended the last sitting with the specific beings in the various categories. Because as I said earlier, it, 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 uh, it grounds us in When we're exploring metta for all beings, sometimes it can feel like we're like hovering above the planet or something, and it's like, yeah, I wish the whole planet to be happy, but then when we start thinking about specifics, specific beings, it's like, well, maybe not. <laughs> and so it's useful to, to actually connect with some specific beings to start. And so that's where we'll start. We'll start with the, the way we ended the last sitting. And then there's different ways, there's so many different ways to explore practicing metta for all beings. Um, There's different, uh, sometimes we can practice it in a radiating form where we just envision the the metta kind of spreading out from us and uh, letting whoever is in the way receive it. Um, sometimes we can explore it in terms of different groups of beings. Um, like for instance, um, all those uh, imprisoned and all of those not imprisoned. So that any set of pairs that we have of groups of beings encompasses all beings. So um, uh, all, all those who are uh, born, all of those who are to be born things like that. So, uh, so there's, that's another way to explore it. We can sometimes explore it in categories of... I've um, um, got a few categories here. Adults and children, those who are suffering, those who are free from suffering, things like that. So there, that's another way to, to play with it. Another way to play with it, one that I like particularly, is to begin with this, this group of five and then explore the sense of the, uh, the metta just radiating. Now, someone earlier pointed out uh, the sense of dropping. We can think of these phrases as dropping uh, a, a, a pond into a, a, a pebble into a pond and then seeing the ripples of that, uh, of that pebble. It's kind of similarly, each phrase can be thought of as a, as a pebble dropped into a pond and we just allow those ripples to ripple out and whoever it meets receives it. With that kind of a practice, one way that I explore it is, is to just have the sense of sitting in a field of as much metta as I'm able to connect with and then just letting beings pop into my mind. And so it's, um, I'll, I'll start, I'll start with um, particular beings that I know, like um, um, friends from the Peace Corps, 
or something like that. One friend from the Peace Corps will pop into my mind and that'll make me think of another friend from the Peace Corps and then something about that person will make me think of another person in another place. And so I just kind of follow this chain of beings and, and sometimes we can just like let our minds free float in that way. Just receiving whoever wants to show up essentially. Who wants to show up to receive this metta? So that's the form I think we'll explore it in today. There's a lot of different approaches, but um, we'll explore it like that. And so again, we start with allowing the body to relax. Feel as much ease, as comfortable as you can be in your posture in this moment. And letting your attention rest in the area of your heart. Breathing through your heart center. Allowing it to be like a massage of your heart, the breath massaging your heart. create the group of five one being at a time and so starting with ourselves allowing yourself to connect with yourself and wish yourself well may I be happy may I be healthy May I be safe. May I live with ease. Again, connecting with how it feels to make those wishes. How does it land? your easy being join you your benefactor the two of you together in whatever way you can envision that or feel that sense that and the two of you together wishing may we be happy May we be healthy. May we be safe. May we live with ease. Letting yourself connect with that 
for a minute or so. And letting your dear friend join you and join in the phrases. Letting the neutral person join you and join in with the phrases. Letting the difficult person, the person with whom you have difficulty, join you. And join in the phrases.
And now letting the phrases shift from may we be happy to may all beings be happy. Remembering that all beings includes you, includes this group. And so it's not in any way diminishing that sense of well-wishing for ourselves. May all beings be healthy. Again, connecting with how it feels to make that wish. May all beings be safe. May all beings be at ease. Envisioning these wishes rippling out from you. to ripple through the room. Connecting with the others in this room also wishing all beings well. It's like we're creating an engine of well-wishing in this room. beings be happy. May all beings be healthy. And as you envision or connect with this phrase, all beings, let any being step into this field that wishes to. Who wants to show up? And as beings show up, you may know them, you may not know them. As beings show up, allow yourself to connect with that being for a moment. Acknowledging that this wish for all beings to be happy, healthy, safe, at ease is touching that being. All beings be safe. May all beings live with ease. As beings show up, you're welcome to let them join the group. 
and join in the phrases. Letting anyone who wants to show up into this field be welcome. beings be happy. May all beings be healthy. May all beings be safe. May all beings live with ease. Human beings and non-human beings. Beings that crawl, that fly, that swim. Beings that walk, continuing to explore, wishing well for all beings everywhere.
and recollecting that you are one of all beings. And so this wish for all beings to be happy includes you.
So there's time for some questions or comments. If there's any questions or comments about the practice. Yeah, could you use the mic? So I mentioned to you privately, Joe gave a one his uh, annual, I believe it is, talk on the Four Noble Truths. And during that talk, he mentioned, well, the way I paraphrase it now is taking responsibility for your own suffering. Mm-hmm. Um, other people can cause you pain, but they can't cause you Yes, suffering. they can't make you suffer, which is yeah. great news, actually, yeah. <laughs> that people can't make you feel a certain way. And so my difficult person for today is actually a, a good person who just irritates <laughs> me several times a day at work. On a, and so um, it, I found during the walking, I started paying attention to how he's not causing me irritation. Actually, I'm, I'm causing me the irritation. And uh, the things I still wish he wouldn't do. And that made it easier. Like, it was like when I took ownership for my own irritation. It made it easier, the meta. Absolutely, yeah. yes, yes. Because you recognize that the difficulty isn't just about what they're doing. There's some of it that's that's here. And that said, I, I, I mean, it, I do have to acknowledge that there's sometimes things that people do that are, you know, that cause us, um, you know, that somebody comes and points a gun at us, you know. There's, there's a level of thing that people can do that... Um, uh, while at the same time they can't make us be miserable or afraid, there's a there's a kind of a level of of challenge there with certain actions, you know. And so, um, a lot of our relationships have more of this quality that it's that we see very clearly. We can see clearly that that what's happening is something that's pushing some button in us. It's triggering something from our history or or something that we just don't like or a different culture that we're coming from than, than they're coming from. So there's a lot of that that we can see and then begin to recognize, oh, actually that person isn't making me miserable. It's my own reaction to what they're doing that's making me irritated or miserable. And the... Um, when somebody is doing something unethical or harmful either to someone else or ourselves. Also, there's a way in which we can hold that so that we are not um, hating them, but uh, instead understanding, as I mentioned earlier, that they have their own conditioning that they're, that they're living with. And that, you know, if if we had lived their life, we might be doing something similar. So that's that's another reflection we can make if somebody's actually causing us harm. Yeah, I think that is an aspect of it in this case. Um, and I, I feel like if I take responsibility for my own irritation, that it can be more effective with him. 
because mm -hmm. I'm not just like, uh, so it's interesting. Anytime we understand how we are participating in our own suffering, it's like we gain some power and control over our own minds. Yeah. So that's a beautiful reflection. Thank you. And then you could pass it to her when you're done. A lot of the meta practice is, seems to be <clears throat> is very inter internal in our um, cultivation of, um, of loving kindness. And what I was wondering is what happens or is there um, uh, another... A, a, a related practice or extension of this practice for this to become an external practice. So what do you mean by external so practice? instead of having um, the conversations in our, um, with ourselves to actually have these conversations with real people. Uh-huh. Um, that's definitely, if you, if you have some people that you trust mm -hmm. that you can engage with in this way, mm -hmm. that's a beautiful exploration. There's not a particular um, practice um, in this tradition that I'm aware of, but there's some other other um, teachers who teach, uh, like inside dialogue is a is a beautiful practice that brings up Dharma topics to have in conversation. So there are ways that we explore being in conversation, and and you can do it with mindfulness. Uh, if you if you want to to engage in a Dharma conversation or a topic about relationship and caring with somebody as as you are speaking this is basics of mindfulness of speaking and listening as you are speaking then you then being aware of how it is for you to be speaking and communicating with this person you know what what is coming up for you while you're speaking and so that can slow the conversation down a little bit um, have you, again, it's like, how does it land to say that? In our own minds, when we're doing the metta practice, we are exploring how does it feel in our heart to w make that wish? And when you say something out loud, how does it feel in your heart to have said that to somebody? And likewise, when you're listening, how does it feel to receive what they're saying? So you can use the mindfulness to explore that kind of that kind of thing, another another thing that can explore it that makes it feel a little more external, although it's still internal, is uh, making the practice of metta more informal. But just in your day, like I w at one point I used the Safeway as my metta monastery. Whenever I walked through that door, I started practicing metta for whoever I saw. And, and it was just like this little hit of, may you be happy. Oh, and may you be happy. And boy, I sure enjoyed going to Safeway a lot more than I used to. <laughs> it just was, it was such, such a delightful field to be in. And, and, and I saw too in that kind of a, a way of being, the wish my wish, I mean, I, find myself, I found myself making eye contact with people and there was a smile between us and poo, I got, I got a hit of happiness back from that in that interchange. So there's, there's ways in which it can become more interactive like that too. Uh, and the, then we also get the feeling of how 
these qualities are contagious, as I said earlier. You know, the quality of caring, of love is contagious. Another, another kind of informal related practice that I would do uh, to metta, although it was, it was simpler, it wasn't using the phrases, um, but I would just be out taking a walk. I, at one point I was just taking a walk every morning, about 40 minutes, at the same time of day. And, and I kept noticing that they're the same people that I'd run into. And so I had a practice of smiling. It wasn't like I'm, I forced it on them. Like if, they, if some people didn't want to make eye contact. And if they didn't, that was fine. I didn't try to, you know, make eye contact with them. But if they made eye contact with me, I smiled. And that was a form of offering them metta, in a way. It's like, it's just a simple smile. And I would say that most of the time, when I smiled at somebody, they smiled back. And then I got to be the recipient of that, of that metta, of that wish. It was such a beautiful practice to do. And and you can, again, see how we interconnect and we relate to each other. It just seems like a very powerful experience to, um, and I and I was thinking about this, um, taking your um, guided meditation of being on the receiving end and imagining being told all these things directly from a person. It was extremely powerful. Yes. And then trying, to, thinking of turning that around and actually being able to directly communicate that to um, another being just seemed um, amazing. Um, I would encourage it. (laughs) Play with it and see how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, going toward even more internal, opposite direction. What suggestions would you have for doing metta with um, a person who is deceased? Hmm. So... um, with somebody who's deceased, um, there's, there's some challenge there at times because we don't know where they are or what's going on with them. Um, and depending on your views, you may have a sense of them faring onward in a future life or not. Um, in general, um, we can't really wish them well as they were in their life. Uh, and, and what the, 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 the commentaries say is that trying to do that will make the metta seem very dry because it, it's, we can't connect with them as they were anymore. It's, uh, we can't really connect with them as they were anymore. And so sometimes we can um, express the wish, you know, if you have a sense of them faring onwards, being in another situation, following their death in this life, then you could express the wish, wherever you are, may you have ease in your experience. Something, something like that, so that there's a way of connecting with the, the thread of that being without it being particular to the being that you knew. Yeah, so that, that's, those are some, some thoughts. The, the commentaries say that it's, Challenging to do with a, a deceased being, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then after okay. Carla, yeah. I'm to here. Yeah. I just mostly want to thank you. Um, Meta practice. I've been u- uh, 
it's been my practice for many years. But this was the first time I, I had this uh, visual circle, that it wasn't itemized, do, do, do. And that was, it was quite powerful. And it um, brought me back, actually, I was here last Sunday. Um, I'm not Spanish-speaking, but I was part of the Spanish-speaking day long because I, um, they wanted some help at the art part. And it was a very powerful. Meta wasn't used, but it was this incredible circle um, that ended with a friendship bracelets that mm. were just one red thread was passed around to everybody, and three knots were made. It was, uh, and then we had a shrine of all these emotions made out of clay, <laughs> and a container that could hold all of these emotions. So the word meta, I don't think ever came up, but again, this idea of a circle. I just love this. The feeling of joining with others. Joining yeah. with others. And Meta doesn't have to be an itemized deal, in fact. I, so I, I'm just very grateful for you for, for offering that, um, that image and that circle of, of mm. all being together. Very powerful. Thank you. I'm glad. Yeah. Yeah, thank yeah. you. So I'm now. <laughs> and then, um, yeah. And this is the last one, I think. Um, so thank you for for sharing this practice and uh, I had uh, beautiful moments during the last sit uh, including our beings and also walking outside just that felt really good actually mm. but uh, I noticed uh, sometimes uh, during the day and especially at the end of the last sit that got I had a sense of nausea like it's too much, uh -huh. and I noticed every now and then that kept uh, popping a little bit. Like at the beginning, it's like a s almost silent whistle, but then it more and more that comes up, and I think there's a sense for me of, or a belief that if I wish too much happiness for myself over then I kind of drop into a state of laziness and like not really being watchful of what's going on and uh -huh. I don't know how to handle that. So notice or, notice that idea. I mean it's an idea in the mind that if yes. I got so happy then I would just like not care. I wouldn't care about anything because I'd be happy. But I think you'll find you know, so that's, that's a view in the mind. And it's, it's coming, I think, from the habitual perspective of our ego, uh, which, you know, is very self-centered and thinks all I want is to be happy, forget about everybody else. Um, but what you'll find with the, the way this practice begins to unfold, if you keep exploring, because if you explore that, you notice that kind of feeling of, uh, you know, if I'm if I'm happy, then it will mean something. It will mean that it will mean that I'll just check out. Um, see, does it really happen? Does that really happen? And uh, my um, my own experience with this kind of connection with other beings is that it connects us. It doesn't disconnect us. And so, in a way, we're more inclined to be engaged in the world 
rather than you know disengaging because we're we're talking about connection here you know the 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 practice of metaphor ourselves is connecting with ourselves but we don't stop there we we explore moving outwards to connect with others and so that that very connection doesn't let us simply kind of sit back and say oh well <laughs> what it doesn't matter so so notice that it's a view and hold it lightly. I mean, it's like we can't often... I mean, there's all kinds of things going on in our minds. And, and when we uncover things like this, it, it can be kind of startling at times. It's like, wow, that's so interesting. That's what my mind thinks. Just because your mind is thinking it doesn't mean it's true. <laughs> so hold it lightly that way and be curious about that. It's like, well, is it true? I don't know if it's true. Yeah. So it's time to stop. You're welcome. It's time to stop.